0: consider, consider myself, myself the luckiest, luckiest man on the, on the face of the earth. earth. I've been given a
1: bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live
0: for. Hey guys, we're on episode 81 of the IBC Podcast, and today I have Nick DeForest on the podcast. Uh, Nick and I have very similar stories. We're both Canadian baseball players Who took our career, our baseball career, overseas to Austria? I came in 1999, and Nick followed this uh, in 2000. Uh, And we have very similar paths from there as well. We both ended up working at an American school as athletic directors, and uh, we both had no intentions of living the rest of our lives in Austria. And here we are. 20 years later, 20 plus years later, and we're both still living in Austria. So uh, this story is about Nick. So we're going to hear what his uh, how our paths crossed on the ball field, which was pretty interesting. We ended up in the, in the Vienna newspapers front page of the sports section, which doesn't happen very often, as you can imagine, in Austria for the sport of baseball. Uh, so that's a story in itself. But without further ado, let's get on with this podcast episode with Nick DeForest. Just a quick pause for our sponsor, Haxobat. Bat has been producing bats in Japan for over 70 years. And Bat recently expanded to North America and Europe under the label Spark Slugger. Bat produce high-end professional wood and composite bats with a wide selection of models using different types of wood from Japan, North America, and Taiwan. HackSobat is now approved in Germany as of 2020 and are in the application process with the WBSC, and anticipates uh, approval in, across Europe and internationally by the midsummer of 2020. If you want to learn more about Hakusobad, if you want to shop or browse their bats, you can do so at sparkslugger.com. That is S-P-A-R-K, slugger.com. Nick, can you start off with uh, telling us a little bit about um, yeah, your, your baseball background and then how that led to you in Austria
1: playing baseball? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Dave. Um, well, we're the same age, roughly. For anyone who doesn't know, we're, we're in our 40s, you know. So I played a minor ball in uh, southern Ontario, just uh, beside Niagara Falls. Uh, no travel team, or a travel team, but no, none of this big select travel all over the place system like they have, they have now. So it was kind of harder to get seen or, you know, to get noticed. Not everything's on the internet, stuff like that. And um, I played for the city and, and played well, uh, but I had a good teammate uh, who was getting some attention, played for Team Ontario, and one game, uh, a college scout came to watch him pitch. And I was a catcher uh, that day. A couple hits, threw a couple people out. And after the game, the coach came up to me before he, he went to my friend and uh, basically said, hey, who are you? You need to come over to my school with, with, your, with your buddy. Uh, yeah, and then I went to Buffalo, played uh, JUCO for two years. had a great time, um, Erie community. I went to the Junior College World Series. And I was going to go to Niagara uh, with the same friend, Jamie Robertson. Um, he had a scholarship there, and I was going to follow him follow him again for another two years. And then an old coach uh, was just in Europe uh, for the summer. He was traveling around with the Blue Jays. They did camps in three or four cities um, back then. And he said, hey, do you want to go to Vienna for a year to play ball? And first... I you know the 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 question was what there's baseball in Europe you know this is uh 1999 <laughs> right and uh is yeah. <laughs> it 99 yeah yeah yeah
0: that's the same year I came yeah. like I know I played you but I th- I yeah. thought you were already here when I got
1: here no no so, so yeah my first season was 2000 but the, you know when he was explaining it right it was uh-huh. 99 yeah and uh you know it totally blew my mind um that that was an option and uh, Western New York didn't seem so fun for two more years, uh, thinking about me going to Europe. Um, so I decided to come for one. Uh, I talked to the, the coach. He said he would, he would have me at Niagara the year after uh, if I came back and stayed in shape. And, you know, but that one year turned into two. And, you know, I'm over 20 years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's a little more to that story. But yeah, that's... Uh that's how it happens Yeah.
0: <laughs> to anyone that's listening to this that's thinking of going overseas for the first time. Uh, yeah. Keep keep an open mind because things do happen. And, uh, so you came over, that was your first year in 2000. Uh, then you went back to Canada and then you returned for a second year. So how was the process or how did it go down? And then how did you end up staying so long? Like what's
1: on there? Well, it was, um, the first year was was pretty hard, you know. I was a player coach, um, 20, 20 years old. Uh, had guys on the team that were forty, um, so to, to and didn't know anybody in the country except for them. So you're trying to be a friend, but you're trying to be a coach, and you got younger guys and older guys. Um, so I, I struggled uh, also playing, you know, playing and coaching at the same time. And,
0: That's Twenty, wow. yeah. 20. It's
1: a lot, and you know, I had to pitch, I had to catch. I was a catcher, but I had to do everything: pitch and play short. And um, so, I, I saw some things, but I thought, you know, I, I can do a better job. I, you know, I want to see more things in Europe, and I want to, you know, do a better job with this team. Um, so I decided to come back for a second year. We just went home for the winter, and the second year was was a lot better. You know, I had my coaching playing hats in check. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had the lay of the land. Um, obviously knew more people and we had a great year, you know, we went to the finals. So on the field, off the field, everything was great. And I really decided, Hey, I want to stay in Vienna. You know, this is an amazing place. Um, I want to try to make it work. Uh, I wasn't done university. Obviously it was, it just came over after two years of college. So I took 2002 and finished my university degree. Um, mm-hmm. Then 2003, I did my teacher's degree I just came back for the summer in between the 2002 and 2003 season. And then after that, I stayed. So I I looked for a job, taught English one year as a side of coaching and playing. And then I hooked up with the school and uh, did more and more with the school and less and less with baseball.
0: That's You know, it's it's funny, like we've had these conversations, but like... um, it's, it's never like, – I hear so many stories, and I'll be honest, my, my memory is not good. So I wasn't sure what order <laughs> that came. Right. Uh, I know the the, the general everything. Um, so that's very interesting. How did you – one of the questions that popped in my head when you are talking was, um, what, what sort of visa were you able to get in order to stay longer? Uh, did it require you to get a job at, at where you are now, and then they sponsor you? Or did you kind of first find a way to stay longer, and then that came away?
1: Uh, well, I was pretty lucky. The the Wanderers, um, right from the start, I had a visa. I had health insurance and I had a visa, and I was officially registered. Um, that was one thing that the club uh, said from the start, and I didn't even know okay. it was there was another option, you know, and, until I came here and met other people that were just, you know, kind of bumming it and getting paid in cash. Um, I yeah. was so you. It was a red, white, red visa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I had yeah. a free. Cool. Uh, I could work anywhere as long as I had that job. I could get additional jobs as well. Um, so then I started teaching English with the same visa. I started substitute teaching at school, um, and then it wasn't until I got married, which you know it was a few years later, that uh, my visa status changed to, you know, to a family family visa. Yeah. So so you met your wife. Where did you meet your wife? Uh, well, f- through a friend of a friend, but the um, just being out with some. And running into a, a friend of hers, but how I met the friend was quite funny. I was you know at a at a bar downtown um with Christian Tomzik, who a lot of people know, and we were talking uh at the bar in English about baseball and then a, a girl came up and said, "Hey, you guys are talking about baseball i I play softball for Stocker out you know and uh yeah. then we we just started talking and ran into each other a few other times and one time she had a friend with her, and that was that and she
0: okay okay. <laughs> very cool wow okay i didn't know that
1: yeah yeah you know i was i was really set on staying here before i met Kati. you know i really wanted to stay here i was here for a while already Mm -hmm. um and that was kind of just you know icing on the cake i think
0: yeah i mean vienna beautiful city i mean every year it's ranked one or two best place to be in the world to live so so i can understand that so And there's there's a real community there too. Like there's a lot of baseball and softball. There's slow pitch. It's you know it's really hard to find that slow pitch beer league thing in Europe. And I think in Vienna you kind of have that a little bit.
1: Well, that I mean that's honestly one of the. I was with the club for about ten years, and um, I think I really did a. I think I did a good job, you know, building up a program and a in a community with the players. And the teams, and you know, we got really stable. You know, just having a having a foreigner there for so long, you know, yeah. it, it helps. No matter if you're you're good or bad, I think it uh, yeah. helps the club, right? But that was one of the things that I I started softball here really, um, and I it, for a couple of years I was seeing our our lower level teams play against these old guys in like the lower leagues, and I kept yeah. saying this is brutal. You know, I have these 14 year olds are trying to get better, and we're playing against a Uh, you know, an out of shape 50 year old, it's just not good for anybody. They should be playing (laughs) softball. And then everyone would be like, well, what's softball What's slow pitch. And I I explained it and they're like, no, no, everyone here wants to play baseball. We don't want to play, play that. And uh, and then one year the uh, Latin community started renting the field at the Spanato visa where I lived uh, and I could see them once a week out there playing slow pitch. And I start saying, "Hey, that's it. Like, look, it, you you can be athletic and play slow pitch, and you yeah, know, you can yeah. really um, get to know baseball. We can really spread the word about baseball through slow pitch." Yeah. Um, so I started a slow pitch league, and it it just took off. I think from the first year we had eight teams, and then we went yeah. into weekends and weekday leagues, and and the league's still going strong.
0: That's cool. You know, like I I, I mean, spoken like a true Canadian. <laughs> so cool. like, we can play softball and then maybe some baseball players will come out of it, you know, and, and that's because we, we love our softball in Canada and I always visualize like when I retire from baseball, I'm gonna play softball. And I just can't do that here because I would kill somebody first of all. There is some softball, but that you know like they're still trying to figure out what hand to put the glove on. So like there there are people like you know, someone's neighbor that never touched a, a baseball sure. in their life or softball. So,
1: but that's a but good yeah, thing that's about cool. it. that's a good thing about it, though, right? You know, when you're in a country that not everybody knows 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 the game. You know, it's a way to, you know to get you know brothers and uncles and whoever yeah. out there to to give it a shot and.
0: And it's a great way for them to learn the rules and, and actually, yeah, just get familiar with the game without quitting. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you, you try to jump into baseball and as you know, living in Austria, there's a lot of adults that try to play baseball for the right. first time right. as an adult. And it's better. They just go and play softball. And if they have some sort of athleticism, they might transition into one of the lower men's teams or whatever. But yeah, so we ended up playing each other, which was, yeah. which was <laughs> cool. Um, we had some, some good competitions and, yeah. uh, and then I was surprised actually because we didn't really get to know each other that well uh, through the ball fields. Right. Back then, I was a little different. I was so competitive. I was more focused on killing the other team, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't. Now I'm a li- little more like I'm out there talking to everybody. Now. Sure. So,
1: sure.
0: so as I've matured and, and aged, that's kind of right. the, the approach that I take now. Is I just try to enjoy every minute that I can actually be right. on the ball field. Exactly. And, um but I remember back then I played with a lot of yeah. A lot of like I played hard, like it's how I played, right? Like, sure. you know, I think you being a hockey player, you understand the concept of like, yeah. you know, taking a the catcher back when we were allowed to. Right. And, yeah. And that's kinda of, that's kinda of how we first really got familiar with each other, exactly. you know, is yeah. is uh that, that play at the plate, that famous play at the plate. Yeah. And
1: Absolutely. Uh, and I and um as you said, you're used to getting hit, right? So you know, Dave, when you when you absolutely drilled me at the plate, um, you know, I just got back up and, and went and looked for the ball. You know, and didn't think yeah. anything of it.
0: Right then it was in respect and I'm like
1: yeah.
0: I, I, I can't remember back then if if I if I knew you were Canadian. I think I knew you were Canadian, right. but right then I was like, Yeah, you know, he took he took that yeah. hit like any Canadian hockey player would or whatever, right. right? Like same sort of mentality. You just went and got the ball. But I love that photo. I don't know who took the photo, but the photo is you kind of flying through the air and your helmet's flying, your glove was flying, like everything was Every, flying.
1: Everything was in the air, right? E- even you. You know, we. I was backwards. Everything. It was uh, Joe. Joe Yoon. Um, was it? Okay. Took that and. It was great, you know. It was on all the, it was in all the Vienna papers. That, that picture, quite yeah. big. Uh, the week after, um, it was yeah. in a playoff game, right? And we had ended up being beating you to go to the finals, I think. And there was an article, yeah, in all the papers with that picture, really big and um, g- great story. Is my parents came uh, that week, or maybe <laughs> they were there for that game? Wow. But they were there the week wow. after when it was in the paper, and we went to Cafe Central uh that wanted to take him down there you know the big big famous ca- coffee house downtown and we we're sitting at the table and look over at the guy beside and there's a guy in a suit he's sitting there and you know i get nudged by my parents he's reading the article uh about baseball <laughs> with the, with the, <laughs> the picture and that's how i found out it was in the paper you know seeing that's seeing funny I because
0: about. i didn't even see that photo until years later i think when you sent it maybe yeah uh years later and i just because i of course i remember the hit but i never remembered i didn't know there was a photo of it and then, and then now i just learned for the first time that it was all over the newspapers i didn't really know right.
1: that well we'll make sure we we uh we put it up wherever we wherever whenever we put the the podcast up we'll we'll make sure everyone sees that who's listening so they know what we're talking yeah. about
0: yeah well they've taken all the fun out of the game now so now i don't even want to uh, <laughs> now i now i break a hip or something so uh <laughs> I, I, yeah well no i know it's, it's good and it was always nice it was pleasant for me to uh, i can vaguely remember the first time i came to the american international school of vienna with one of my teams and there you are and uh i think i hadn't made the connection before or something and i was like hey how's it going you know and and so then that was always one of the places i booked to go because you're always a great host and it's nice to see a familiar right. face and um, now I've kind of taken that out of the sure. the, the regular schedule because those Tuesday night travels to be on air.
1: Yeah, much, pretty but, far. It's funny but, how, you, how you connect with people, you know, and all over, right? Obviously, now we you, same similar story for baseball. Come to the same country, and then and then the, our work lives now are so similar as well. It's it's funny, yeah. but that's the best thing about coming overseas. You know, you, you meet people all over, and you run in like you know you'll you'll see a player that played in one country last year and now he's on another team in your league and you know you get to know all these these people you know you never know who you're going to run into or where you're going to go next right 100% like i mean you
0: also like obviously with my website like i i know of a bunch of guys just like yourself who i've i've developed friendships with that are in the game that are now settled in Europe around Europe and you with your um, I'd say in your athletic director position, you're more traveled than I am um, with all the different leagues being at a much bigger school. So I'm sure you've met just a ton of people yeah. in similar, similar stories to ours. So it is pretty neat. And, and that is what happens. You came over with, with, kind of through a fluke. Yeah. Through a yeah. fluke, you ended up in, in Austria. And next thing you know, yeah.
1: this is where you are, right? So it's, so it's, it's cool. Funny. It's funny because you never, you know, back then, not everything was online you know obviously with your website and you you connect people and there's you know videos of of not only the the club of where a player is going to go but also a, of the player you know where back then we had we had nothing you know we um i didn't even see a picture of of the people i was going to come in and coach you know beforehand and i remember coming you know obviously a bit nervous you know um but the the president of the club was you know he's going to meet me at the airport and, you know, we had some nice, e- obviously nice emails and really excited. And I said, okay, well, how am I going to, you know, how are we going to know each other? You know, I've never flown internationally before. I don't know what it's going to be like. And he said, ah, it's easy. It's small. Just come out. Um, you'll see me. Baseball players will recognize each other. That's what he told yeah. me. So I thought, okay, yeah. sure. How I'm going to wear a baseball hat then, you know, obviously. Yeah. And he'll wear a baseball hat or what, and I, you know, we're not going to wear a jersey, but sure. Sounds great. Yeah. So I came out and it was packed. It was just packed. And I had, I, you could, I brought a bike and I could bring a bike for free with the airlines back then. So I had tons of luggage trying to fight my way through. No, I waited in a corner. No one came up to me, kind of waving my ball <laughs> hat. Um, so I went over to the booth and showed the lady a, who barely spoke English a piece of paper of the a, of, of a name, right? And I said, hey, I'm waiting for this this guy. Can you call him? So she says, sure. She calls a minute later, uh, comes over. And I thought immediately, what did I just get myself into? What, where am I? And what have I just done? Because I don't, I mean, hey, he's a great guy. I love him still. But it was that first impression where I expected a ball player, really, you know, didn't know his age. And being a Saturday Night Live fan, if anyone's seen the sketch Spro- sprockets, you know, of the German guys dancing in the club, all in black, all in tight black, you know, that that was what Christoph was wearing. And I thought, oh, man, if that is a baseball player here, I'm in trouble. But, um...
0: <laughs> that's a great story because I can relate a lot. Yeah, there's something terrible. <laughs>
1: No, we had we had my a lot of good night. players, a lot of great players, a lot of great players. Oh, he, yeah. was, he was just the president at the time, anyway. He wasn't, uh, you know, on the first team anymore.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, um, yeah, like there's two directions I can go with that right now because <laughs> I, I don't know if they want to hear my silly story too, but it's very similar, very similar. to sort of that one. I ended up in a club my first night. Oh, thanks. in a club, and we had a game the next day because they were in second division. the Okay. So they could care about going out the night before. And they were all wearing tight pants and uh, platform shoes. And I'm still getting that. You know, I just want to go to sleep. And, oh, it was – I was like, what, what? I had the same thought. What did I sign up for? But it ended up you – no, know, it ended up being pretty bush. But it, it, in the long term – Oh, yeah. You're in a beautiful In the place long now. term, that club, the club I'm with has come a long yeah. ways. And, and now it's a whole different thing. But sure. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to hear your opinion. I know we're past our 20 minutes here. Um, <laughs> I'd be curious to hear your opinion on the development of baseball, yeah. even just within your club, or you can speak to Austria or whatever, yeah. um, since 2000.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, like night and day, you know, really, really improved in, in, um, in a lot of, a lot of different areas. You know, obviously youth players, like we have so many more youth leagues, like the lower levels now than, mm-hmm. than we did back then you know the amount of players playing the game um all the side things i think with technology you know like obviously social media presence and and signage at at fields you know that kind of goes without saying as as technology got better but um the fields you know back then you know we were playing on soccer fields where if you hit over right field fence it was a double you know because yeah. it was too short uh, and being a lefty that wasn't wasn't really fun um the first couple <laughs> yeah. years but in every aspect, and the, just the care—that it, it's amazing the the amount of great people there are, you know—in yeah. in the in each club that care so much about the the club and give so much of their time.
0: Um, yeah, like maybe compare that to a men's league back in Canada, like like how I, I'd just be curious to hear, you know, your perspective being Canadian and and growing up playing some club ball there, and, and what you know it's. The, the, it's a whole different thing. Like club ball back home, sure it's competitive and guys can get serious and everything. But at the end of the day, it's it's just a hobby, and you know. But here it's a whole like it's really. I'll let you you kind of yeah. Uh, here, I want to to say
1: no, no. It's I I totally agree. It's you play and then you go to work at home. You know, up in the in the men's league, right? You you still you still want to play at a good level, and then it's done. There's not you know I would say tradition, at least not in Southern Ontario, not too much tradition in those teams and, and people move. They don't have, um, they don't stay as long in, in in my experience. But here, you know, I, I get surprised. Like, you know, there's guys on the Wanderers that have been playing since they were 16, you know, and they're, you know, 35 and, you know, hardly miss a game for all that time. They're just so dedicated, you know, and they, they yeah. don't want to go to the next level. They just want to play as best they can where they're at, you know. Um, yeah. It's not that, you know, Drive to get scholarships and and, yeah. and and go somewhere else, you know, at least in Austria, obviously, because, you know, there's there's lots of, you know, opportunity outside of sports here. Right. So people don't really necessarily want to leave. Yeah, but I really tried to get a lot of players to go play college ball, especially when I first got here, you know, when I still had lots of, of close ties. Um, I really, really a lot of players were trying and no, 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 we're we're going to go to university for free here. It's okay, you know. We don't need to go and pay, yeah. and and yeah, do that.
0: Exactly, yeah, It makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah, that that's we were just talking about that today. Just like I don't mind paying whatever in tax I do, thirty eight percent, because all well, my kids will go to college for free, and and if they get sick, there's uh, free health care. So, yeah. you know. It'll, it's. It's. I understand why why Austrians are are very content. Just if they make the national team, that's kind of their goal. Um, but and also the camaraderie. Like after the game, they don't. Well, I don't know. I can't speak for the Wanderers there, but they'll, they'll stick around. Like yeah. they'll hang out. And it'll be. It'll. It's, it's like a family atmosphere kind of thing. Like, yeah. um, you know. So it's it's a whole different experience. Right. Um so it's 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 very interesting, and it's pretty cool that you know you and I have um, shared similar stories, yeah. uh, or we have similar stories, and and I know uh, there's a ton of other guys out there that are right. Maybe it was basketball or whatever that brought them over that are, are doing the same yeah. same living the same kind of yeah. stories. So
1: that's the best thing, like you mentioned at the beginning about you know to anyone who wants to come over for maybe one year, you know you just never know. You know, just uh, keep your keep everything open, you know, and, um, just experience. And, you know, if you're not in the right fit, maybe that first year overseas, or you don't really like it, you know, try another country, try another club, um, you know, keep playing and keep your options open and you never know where it's going to take you.
0: Never do. Yeah. Yeah. These are the best stories. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. I appreciate your time. And, and, uh, I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this and, and, uh, you know, it's definitely not the first time I've heard someone say, Oh, I was just going for one season. <laughs> that was the yeah. plan, one season. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So Great. thanks a lot. And hopefully uh, I'll see you in the fall um, at, uh, you know, at our uh, international school competitions. Um, yeah. And also you have a podcast. So there are, if there are any athletic directors out there, maybe you can um, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Cause who knows, maybe there's some people listening to this one that would be interested.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it- it is geared towards um, international school ads and coaches. We have people on, and we talk about just coaching in general, and and um, you know life and school in general. So it's it's fun. It's great. We've had some good people on, and and even into like child protection realm, Some big some big people in the in on a global scale uh, scale. So it's it's fun. It's great like this to talk to people, hear their stories, but also you know get a lot out of it. So yeah, globe globe trotting. ADs we'll make sure we'll put the link link down there for me, for everybody um yep, I will. but uh yeah it's been a lot of fun meeting people yep. around the world that I wouldn't have never met you know in Europe but talking to yeah. them like like you right now on on zoom and and hearing their stories yeah uh, yeah one of our best
0: AD stories is you know uh, a recent meeting uh, for the conference that we're in, in, uh, Bratislava. And we ended up at the casino there. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I had a good time and, you know, I'm looking forward to the next evac meeting. And yeah. uh, maybe we could, uh, um, hit another casino up sure. and
1: give just, them our money. <laughs> just, just meet in person. you know, it, uh, is, will be a big step for sure. Yeah. It'll be a big step. Yeah. Perfect. All Thanks. right, Dave. Thanks right a on, lot. Buddy. Yep. We'll see you soon.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to the International Baseball Community Podcast, and I want to thank Nick for taking his time to share his story. Uh, We're going to have more stories like this down the road. I know a lot of people that have very similar stories who came overseas, whether it's Europe or Australia or Japan, around the globe, uh, to play baseball or softball, sometimes to coach, and then never returned home, uh, stayed there for the rest of their lives, so... Uh, It's quite common, actually. Uh, So we'll have more of those in the future. You can catch us on just about any platform that hosts podcasts. We hang out on SoundCloud, uh, but we're also on iTunes and Overcast. We're not yet on Spotify. We will be soon. And you could also find us on our YouTube channel uh, titled Baseball Jobs Overseas and on our Instagram under the same handle and as well, of course, on Facebook. So until next time, take care, everybody, and may the baseball gods be with you.